0: be here tonight. Um, Great to just spend time focusing on God, worshipping, and now spend some time just getting into His Word and hearing from Him as well, which is really cool. Um, We've actually been in the middle of a a series we've been doing. So if you haven't been here, I'm just going to bring you up to speed really, really quickly so you sort of know where we are because we're kind of building on some things that we've been doing before. The series is called The Other Guy, and this is about um, the Holy Spirit. Because as Christians, we believe in one God But it it can be confusing, because we believe in one God, but he's in three persons, so the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if if that's really new to you, it might be something to wrestle with and really think through, because this is so foundational to what Christianity is about, that, that God has been in this relationship of three persons for all eternity, constantly loving each other. And often we talk about the Father, and we talk about Jesus, but sometimes we don't talk that much about the other guy, the Holy Spirit. And that's what we've been doing. And the first week we said, the Holy Spirit is actually all about Jesus. And the Holy Spirit keeps pointing people to Jesus and he, and he tells people what Jesus said and he helps people to serve Jesus. And that, that as Christians, we follow Jesus, but we don't do it with our own strength. We, we can't really do much. We actually need him, that his presence in us, that he's a person and he empowers us to actually live and, and serve God here. Um, we said that we need him. And last week, we talked about how the Holy Spirit actually gives us gifts, And and again, if you've never been in church before, this is probably a strange idea, but that that we actually believe that God lives in us by His Spirit and that He He does things in us. And sometimes these things are supernatural and and powerful, that some people are gifted to be able to pray for people and see them healed miraculously. Or some people are gifted to be able to hear God drop something into their heart or drop something into their mind that they can speak to someone else. And, And it really reveals that God is in our midst. And, and sometimes some of the gifts kind of look like that, but some of the gifts actually look quite, quite normal. They might be things like being generous, but, but it's this generosity that's empowered by God or this or ability to serve or in, encourage or, or be hospitable. But, but those are still things that God does in us and, and gives to us. And last week we talked about how there's lots of variety. So, so in the church we might have different things and that we don't need to compete, but we actually complement each other and we actually give and we serve and we work together. And, and we've been talking through this from the book of Corinthians because they had a lot of problems with this stuff. This stuff caused a lot of issues, a lot of um, division and, and a lot of people feeling bad because they were looking at someone else and feeling they weren't good enough or other people feeling superior and looking down and, and seeing problems. There were some things going on and we've been going through and we sort of looked at some of the solution last week. But this week we're looking at something that's an even bigger solution, an even bigger um, principle and even bigger um, thing to keep in mind that they had forgotten. It's really interesting. You guys were talking about the weather before, and you probably had some stories to tell. Um, we didn't have anything crazy happen. All that, all that happened with us was we, I woke up, Tam went to work, and I checked my phone. I had two missed calls, and she came home, and we stayed inside the whole day. That was, that's all that really happened to us. So she, came, she went to school, and, and the school was sort of thinking about staying open and then decided to shut as well, like all the others. And then um, Friday schools were shut as well. So this is a pretty amazing thing. Businesses shut at midday. Some of you guys were at uni that shut, I think, as well. Some of the universities shut. So, you're at uni, J. Nice. Cool. Um, so, this is pretty amazing, though, when you think about it, because like, like, those things are important, right? Like, education is a high value in our society. Like, schools are important. To, to shut two days of school is quite a big deal. Um, businesses are really important in our society, especially for business owners. Like, that's their, their way they make their money. They, they need to make a profit. Like, it's quite important. Universities, particularly people doing research, people having meetings or presentations, and things like that. Like, like this, these are important things. They're not, not important. But we found this week that there's something more important than those things. And, and when this thing that's more important it is, it needs to come out, that, that those things aren't as important. That safety, like, is way more important then education and, and business and university. That, that we have to value safety above those things because if you don't value safety, then what's the good of having education? What's the good of saying, oh, no, I do need to get an education, I'm going to school through the floodwaters, and you get swept away and you lose your life. I think the whole education is lost. It's, it's pointless. Same a business owner might be, be set on, on running their business, setting their business, but if they're physically injured, or if they lose their lives, particularly if their safety is threatened, their business loses all value. Universities, the same thing. They lose all value if safety is threatened. This, we That's what we found this week, right? That there's actually this bigger thing that's more important than these really important things. But this is more important, and then we have to value it. It's like, it's like when you're driving a car, and the road rules are important, right? But when an ambulance comes, you're allowed to break them. Like, you're allowed to go to the side, you're allowed to go through a red light, because the point of the road rules is the safety, and, and in order to have people safe and to preserve life, we break them, because there's a bigger principle, there's something that's more important. You can imagine someone being like, no, I'm going to follow the road rules and, and just stay in their car and not want to go to the side. Like, it's ridiculous, because the, the whole point of the road rules is the safety. And this is what we're going to see that Paul is doing here in Corinthians. He's been talking to them about the gifts, and he's been talking to him about some issues. But what he's going to say is that there's a bigger principle at play. And if this bigger principle is not there, then all these things that I'm talking about are meaningless and pointless. That, that this bigger principle is actually so important that they have, to, they have to understand and get this for these things to have meaning. And you guys have probably read this before. You probably saw my post. You probably know that the principle is love. That, that Paul is talking about the need for love in the, in the exercise of the gifts in the working out of the things that God has given us. And, and there's this chapter in the Bible that describes this, that you've probably heard a lot before. You've probably heard it at, at weddings. You might have even had to memorize it at school. Um, and, and it is an amazing, beautiful part of the Bible. It's, in, it's incredibly beautiful. But often we just read it as, as almost like a poem that just stands out by itself. And it's kind of just becomes this kind of beautiful, nice saying that you read and like, oh, that's really nice, we love love love's great, and, and, and everyone kind of just agrees. Like, like, love is something people value in society, right? Like, all the shows we watch about love, movies, books. Like, love is, is a great thing. But, but this, what, what Paul is writing, he's not writing it as just, like, this sort of poem, this, this, this beautiful piece. But he's writing it into this situation with, with the Corinthians. Like, there's a real, some real issues going on there, and he's writing it into this issue, and it's serious. And it's actually really challenging, And and I'm going to read it to you in a second, and and when I read it to you, I want you to think about it like that, not as like a nice, that's really great, like that's a nice poem about love, but as as a serious, Paul's saying, this is the bigger principle. If you miss this, all these other things lose their value. This is actually serious. This is actually really important. So what I'm going to do, what we're going to do tonight is try to understand what this principle is, how it might be different from how we understand it sometimes, and then sort of work out what Paul's really saying in this chapter. What I want to do to start with, though, is I'm just going to read it to you. I'm just going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, because you've probably heard it before. And I just want you to hear it fresh. So I'm just going to read the whole thing, and then I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go through and just sort of break it up as we go. So this is what Paul says into this situation, right? So just, just again, before I start, so remember, these are people who've got, like, these powers of the Holy Spirit. Like, some people are uh, able to speak amazing things. Some people are speaking in other languages or tongues, Some people have amazing knowledge. Like This is the sort of stuff that goes on, and this is what Paul says to them. All right, listen. Ready? If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. So Father, I just ask that and pray that you would just reveal what you want to say to us tonight, just individually in our own lives, in our own hearts, God. Would you um, just pierce our hearts with your word to bring freedom and life, and just like Brad pl- prayed before, Lord, would you align us with you, with your will, with your desire, with your heart, especially as we're seeking more of your Holy Spirit in our lives. So I just give this to you in your name, Jesus. Amen. Cool. So basically, we're going to go through, and I just, I just want to pull out some of this chapter because it's amazing, and hopefully you're starting to see some of these things are pretty full on that Paul's actually saying. So we're going to pull this through. I've got three things I want to say to you, and sort of one thing to pull it all together at the end as we go through. Cool. So the very first thing Paul says, so to these Corinthians that have these, these powers and gifts and the Holy Spirit working, Paul says that love is essential. It's essential. It's not optional. It's essential. This is what he says. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, this is pretty amazing, right? Like, like he's talking about people who are able to speak really well. Like they, they may be able to present really well. They might be very eloquent. They may be able to speak another language by the power of God. They may be able to speak a language of angels by the power of God. Like, that is an amazing thing. But Paul says, if this one essential thing is missing, it's nothing. It's like someone just banging on a symbol constantly. It's just like him, he's just saying, it's just annoying. Like, like If you're doing these amazing things and there's no love, it's just nothing. It's, it's, it's annoying. Then he says this, if I have prophetic powers, right? so God can speak to, to, to someone and reveal something to them, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, like no know stacks about the Bible, no stacks about God. have great understanding and insight. have all faith to remove mountains, like someone who believes God so much with this special so supernatural faith that they see miracles that they see God do amazing things. Like, like, imagine saying this to the Corinthians. These are the things that they're interested in, that they want. Paul says, if you have that to like the, the, the biggest degree that you can think of, but this one essential thing is missing, it's nothing. Then again, and again, this is, see again, he's also he's talking about supernatural things, but also kind of more natural things. Someone, someone giving. If, if I give away all that I have, even my body, but have not love, again, nothing. Like, that's, that's just full-on. Like, someone who's that generous, that, 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 that wanting to give, or maybe for a cause, but it's actually not done in love, it amounts to nothing. Because Paul is saying that love is essential. Some of you guys like maths. I know some of you guys are studying. So I, I put it, thought I'd put this in maths terms to make sure this really makes sense, right? E minus L equals zero. Okay, zero. If you don't understand maths that well, this is what it means. Everything that you could possibly have all the power that God could possibly give you minus one thing, love, equals nothing, is what he's saying. doesn't matter how amazing the gifts are. doesn't matter how powerful they are. If this one essential thing is not there, it amounts to nothing. It, does, it doesn't matter what sort of finesse it's done with. It doesn't matter um, the skill that's involved. If it's, if it's missing the point, then it doesn't, it doesn't achieve anything. I'm going to show you a video in a second. Dan's going to put up. Of, of someone this happened to, right? Like they did something amazing and wonderful, but it missed the goal. It missed the point. This song's really short, so you can just have a watch. Calling for out here. This is see, Oh, what a goal! But it's never a mix. Calling quite, I can't believe it. I can't believe it either. One of the best goals you're going to see for a long time, but in the wrong... There you go, so that's for you guys who like sport as well. So you see you see what I'm you see what he's saying? Like like in that sense, in soccer it doesn't matter how amazing the goal is, it matters what goal it goes into. Like it, it, it doesn't really help you, it just helps your enemy. That's that's all. Um, and this is what Paul is saying, right? Love is essential, it's the one thing that matters. These other things are not as important. It's this the big principle. The second thing he, he talks about, that this love is not necessarily the love that we often think about when we think about love. Like when we think about love, we, we often get just think about what gets put in the media or the TV shows or the books. We often just think about romantic love. We often just think about things we love doing or like doing. But, but Paul is showing them and showing us that this love is very different. This is love that keeps on loving. And, and when he describes it, he actually describes it in a lot of ways by saying what it's not. And it's, and, it's, and it's almost saying it's not what you're doing, Corinthians. Like what they're doing, he keeps saying, actually, that's not love. And you'll see that as we go through it. So this is what he says, love is patient and kind. Which is pretty amazing when you think about it, like this, this, this group of people that is kind of at odds with each other, frustrated with each other, and the very first thing Paul says is love is patient that it waits for each other, it's kind, it, it, it gives to each other. And then he starts talking about what it's not. Love does not envy. And it, this has been the issue, right? That, that there have been people who have been inferior, thinking that there's these people with better gifts than us, and then they feel worse because they're envying them. That's, that's challenging, right? Like, I don't know about you guys, sometimes I look on Facebook and I see people doing things, and it's easy to feel envy. It's easy to feel bad. It's easy to feel... Why don't I have what they have? Love does not boast. And again, this is the other side, right? At that, that this church, there's people who are superior and looking down on others. And Paul says, that's not love. To, to, to look at what you have and look at what others don't have and, and judge them. It is not arrogant or rude. It's not, it's not sort of puffed up with itself. It's not, it's not rude in the way it speaks or cares for other people. It does not insist on its own way. NIV says it's not, not self-seeking. It's not irritable or resentful. Now, this is another translation as well. Irritable is it's slow to anger and resentful is keeps no record of wrongs. Now, this is interesting, right? Because in order to be slow to anger, the, the person that you're trying to love has to be doing some things to make you angry, right? So, so he's saying like when people are doing things that would make you angry, to have love is, is to not get angry. Is to not be irritable, Is to be slow, to anger, or, or to, to keep no record of wrongs means that some people have wronged you, right? Like that people have done things wrong, people have hurt you, and love lets that go. Love doesn't hold on to that, doesn't, it's not resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. Like when, when it, or, or it does not rejoice in evil, like to see someone else fail or, or suffer, does not rejoice. And again, I don't know about you, but some, sometimes there's something deep in my heart that's not good that sometimes you see people fail at something and can make you feel good or or you can feel better about yourself and it's it's just sin and it's not good but it rejoices with the truth it doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth there's a contrast then he says this love bears all things this is the idea of loving and, and covering or bearing with someone not, not highlighting their sin or their issue, but, but covering it, bearing with it. Love believes all things. Or another, another version is trust always. I want to tell you a really quick story I read this week in a commentary about this. Because this, 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 this kind of is meaning like, it doesn't mean being gullible or just believing whatever, but it means that believing the best in people or, or trusting them and, and, and looking for the best, not being suspicious or cynical. And there's a story of this... Um, Man who, who overtook a, a rugby college school that had been very strict and had wild behaviour going on in the school, and um, they'd had it was a while, this this was an old book and it talked about floggings and things like that, and and it was a strict strict teacher beforehand, right? And this principal took over, and he said to the boys, "Look, boys, I'm I'm going to give you freedom. I'm not going to be doing any floggings. I'm just going to trust you." And I'm going to give you responsibility because I think you need to learn to look after yourselves. And if someone's just looking over your shoulder all the time, you're not going to learn responsibility. So I'm going to give you responsibility and um, give you some freedom. And, and he, he did that. And then the boys would come to him sometimes when they'd done the wrong thing. And like they always did, they would, they would lie about it to get out of it. And he would believe them. He would say, you're, okay, if that's what you say, I'll believe you. I'll take you for your word. And what happened was that they, they, they would get to a point where they're like, we don't want to lie to him. He's going to believe us. Like the, the, by, by trusting them, by believing them, he, he, he started to transform them by, by offering that to them, to, to trust and believe the best in people and actually bring out the best in people. Love hopes all things. It doesn't give up, but it keeps going and endures all things that it will continue even in suffering. So this is the love that keeps loving. And this love... Is, is again, it's not like our love, because our love is kind of like often, talk, we talk about like a love of like a couple or, or a romantic love, right? So when, when a man, say he's dating or engaged to, to a woman and they are going for a walk on a beach and there's a sunset and it's really nice and he looks at her and he says, I love you. What is he saying to her? Most of the time, maybe this is not the truth all the time, but most of the time what he's saying is there something lovely about you? I, I love you because of you. Maybe it's that she's beautiful. Maybe it's that she's really fun. Maybe she's really kind and caring. There's something about her that, that he's saying, I love you. It's, it's to do with the person, right? But the problem is that what happens if those things disappear? Like what happens if she's, she's not beautiful anymore? What happens if she's not nice? What happens if he doesn't feel love to her anymore? What happens if the basis of the love that's in a person is not there? What what Paul is saying, this is the love that keeps loving. This is not the love that's actually based on a person. It's actually based in the person doing the loving. This is actually God's love. Because God doesn't love us because we're so great. God doesn't love us because we're so lovable. God, God loves us because he is love. He is love, and He chooses to love us. Like we said before, He's this perfect unity of love that's existed for eternity. And He gives that to us. And by giving that to us, He makes us lovely. But it's not because we're lovely, it's because of who He is. Human love doesn't really do that. Like This is is an amazing verse. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. that says this, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. And then this talks about human love, right? For scarcely... One will die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to die. What's this saying? Like, for a person that's really good, for a person that's righteous, for a person that's great, perhaps someone would die for that person. You see what I'm saying? Like, if if they've got all these great things, got great reasons to love them, maybe we would die for them. But God demonstrates his love to us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. That that the way God demonstrated his love is that there was nothing lovely about us. There's nothing good about us. We were actually his enemies. We were actually hurting him. This, This love that Paul's talking about is actually the love of the cross. And you think about the love of Jesus on the cross, that he's come to the earth to reveal God, and he's rejected, and he's crucified, and he's spat on. And in the midst of all that, he prays for the people that are doing it to him. And he prays and asks, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. That Jesus has this love that keeps loving, that loves people who are attacking him, that loves people who are killing him, that even dies for those who are his enemies. This, this is God's love. This is this self, sacrificial, self-giving love that doesn't give, give to those who deserve it. It's not based on those who deserve it. The love Paul's talking about is this love that we love because we are loved. Jesus loves because he's loved by the Father. And what Paul is saying to us, Paul is saying to the Corinthians, is this love that he's talking about is a love that gives because we are loved, not because the person we are loving is worth loving. Not because they've done something deserving. And even particularly when they haven't, particularly when they're making you angry, when they're making you irritated, to continue to love. This, This is what he is talking about. So i said two things so far. He said love is essential, and this is the love that keeps loving. This is not the love that's based in the object, but based in the person giving the loving. And then he says the reason why this love is this huge principle, those two things, but the third one is that love will last, whereas these other things that they're, they're so focused on, that the gifts, the, 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 the knowledge, the prophecies, the tongues, these things won't last because what they're for is to reveal God, but one day God is going to be revealed fully. They're not going to be there Anymore. He says, love never ends. As for prophecies, so I want you to see the contrast here. He keeps contrasting lots. Says, as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. Why? Because now we know in part, we only prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. You guys know when, you, when you're getting your learner's license, right? You might have had to do your hours. I got in before we had to do hours, which was awesome. So you get your learner's license, right? You learn to drive, and when you get your opens, you don't need your learner's license anymore. Like, you, you, you might keep it, but you don't need it. You can just chuck it away. Like, it's, it's done. You have your open license. It's, it's all good. Paul's saying these things here, we're like learners, right? God is not fully revealed yet. We, we, we have these gifts that he's given us that, that reveal him that encourage us and empower us and help us. But when Jesus comes back or when we're in here with him for eternity, we don't need those things anymore. He's fully revealed. He contrasts this a bit more. He says, When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. See this, this contrast that he's doing? Hopefully that's true for us today, but may not be for everybody, um, that we give up childish ways. So, then he says again, for we see in a mirror dimly. And back then, their mirrors were like polished metal, so their mirrors were not as good as ours. But even if you're looking at someone like through the reflection of a mirror, it's, it's not the same as face to face, right? It's sort of distorted, it's back to front, it's, it's just not so clear. And he's saying that that's what it's like now. Like we have these gifts, but, but they're only in part. But then we'll be face to face, we'll know God fully, we won't need them anymore. But he says there are things that we will need. But there are things that we have now that we will have then and what he's saying is because they're going to last these things are actually more important these things are actually a bigger principle that's more valuable that's what he says so now faith hope and love abide these three but the greatest of these is love you see he's saying that these are the things that are actually going to last don't don't put all the energy into into getting gifts because those are things that are going to fall away Put all the energy into faith, hope, and love, and particularly love, because it's the thing that is going to last. What he's really saying, what he's trying to get them to see this big picture, is that love is the goal. The goal is not spiritual gifts. The goal is not knowledge about God. The goal is not being being able to to do amazing supernatural things. Those things are all really, really good, but they're for the purpose of love. Like the, the gifts that God has given you, the things that he's doing in you, the, the reason why we have them is to use them to love him and to use them to love others. They're not ends in themselves. Love is the end. And it, it's so amazing as well because I think this, I think, I'm trying to work out why, why this is. and I think one of the main reasons this is is because love is what reveals God so much and is God's purpose for all eternity he's been in love, in this community of love. And for all eternity we're going to be in this community of love and you think Jesus, Jesus did some amazing things, right? He did powerful, amazing miracles. He, he rose from the dead himself. He rose others from the dead. He healed many, many people, but Jesus did something amazing at the end of his life. That, that wasn't really miraculous in like a, like a normal sort of sense, but I think kind of is when you think about it. When, when Jesus was at near the end of his life, he, he was with his disciples, and he took a towel and he took a bucket and Jesus, the king of the universe, the Lord, washed the disciples' feet. like He, he, he humbled himself in love before his own disciples, people under him, and he washed their feet, which would, would have been full of muck and dirt and poo and all sorts of things. And Jesus does that as a demonstration of his love and then says, as I have loved you, You are to love one another. That act reveals so much of who God is. The powerful things do as well, but that act as well shows it so much. And then Jesus says this again, a new commandment I give to you. Now he's talking to his disciples, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. You see it again, because we've been loved, we loved. But then he says this amazing thing. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And it's so interesting what he doesn't say, right? He doesn't say people will know you're my disciples because there's amazing healings. Although he does give them the power to heal, and those healings are really important. But but that's not what he says. He doesn't say people will know that you're my disciples because you have amazing knowledge of God. He doesn't say people will know you're my disciples because you can reveal things prophetically. He says maybe the, the bigger thing that actually reveals God and perhaps even the more supernatural or most supernatural thing for us to actually have this type of love by the Holy Spirit among each other, that that actually reveals God because that type of love in a community is so difficult and so hard and, and, and so unlike us that to actually live that out demonstrates that God is at work in that community. That, that, that just, Jesus prayed this in another place, that as we were one If the world sees we are one, they will know that the Father sent Jesus as well. It's the same idea. So this is what we've said, So right? So looking at this, so love is essential. Love keeps loving. This is not just sentimental love. Love that keeps going, keeps loving. And this is the love that lasts. And love is the goal. That the other things, that the the big principle, right, that everything else finds its place in, that everything else works towards, is love. So you might, you might be in a few different places tonight. I just want to think like how this might apply to you and what this might mean for you tonight and what this might mean in our lives. Maybe you, you've been missing this principle, right? Like, like this is the principle that, that, this is the goal. This is what it's actually about. And maybe you've been missing that. Like maybe you've been emphasizing the wrong thing and, and missing the point. Maybe you've been emphasizing maybe a particular gift but not for the sake of love. Or maybe love for God and love for others has just not been on your radar at all. Maybe it's just been fear. Maybe it's just been self. And maybe tonight is just a night and a time of repentance, of, of humbling ourselves before God, looking at His love for us, receiving His love, and living and, and living as with love as the goal. That that's the way that we go forward. Maybe, maybe you, this, is, this is like just speaking to you. This is what God has been speaking to you. This is what you've been doing. And, and for you, this is just an encouragement to keep going. Encouragement to keep love as the goal, to keep pursuing God, to keep using the things He's given you, but for love for Him and love for others. And maybe you're here tonight, and this is just all new, and this is all strange, and, and you don't even know what... what um, you don't, you don't even know who God is or haven't received Jesus. And maybe tonight's the night to just humble yourself before God's love. Realize that He's given Himself for you on the cross, and it's received by grace. In no way am I saying that, that we have to start loving a whole lot in order to get right with God. It's exactly the opposite, that He has given everything to us. And because He loves us so much, we love Him in return, and we love others, and that's aligning ourselves with Him because that's what He wants. That's His desire two things as well just to take away for this week that you could do or that you could think through this week when you're struggling to love don't try harder depend on the holy spirit we can't we can't do this we can't just go out and be like we're going to love everybody we won't do very well When, when we're struggling depend on the holy spirit and think about god's love for you don't don't think about the person if you're, a, if you're a teacher and you're getting frustrated at the kids because they keep not getting it, think about how much times you don't get it and how gracious God is to you. Like If, if you're talking to a person and they're just not um, speaking very well to you, think about how sometimes you ignore God and how gracious he is and kind to you. When you're in a situation this week maybe and you're not quite sure what to do, Instead of thinking what's right, what's wrong, what should I do, what shouldn't I do, instead of, instead of weighing it up like that, ask this question, what does love require of me in this situation? What would it look like to love in this situation with this self-giving, sacrificial love that comes from God? We're going we're gonna to respond to this for a bit. We're going to have a time of communion now that Robin's going to come and lead and she'll pray for us as well. And then we're going to have some music as well, um, just as a response.